missions are a big part of what we do here at Life Fellowship, not only local missions, but international missions as well. So that's what we're going to be discussing today on Life Talks. I'm Britt Nipper, Life Talks producer, sitting in once again with Pastor Dan Burrell. Thank you for having me again, Pastor Dan. So I know missions are very near and dear to your heart. Um, so I'm excited to have this conversation with you today. Well, thanks, Britt. And and again, thank you for filling in for Pastor Ben, who's out of town this week. But yeah, missions is something that, you know, it's a 30-year passion of mine. I've traveled to nearly 30 countries now um, and am actively involved in multiple projects around the world. Um, but it started very small for me. It's it, it, You know, if I go all the way back, it started when I was in high school and a missionary would come to the little church that I was growing up in. And uh, they always had a slide projector mm-hmm. and we teenagers. Age boys would take bets on how long it would be before the slide got jammed or one of them was upside down. And, and you know, it's pretty much, you know, pray for, for Hector. You know, he's, he's a Catholic, but he's been coming to our church. You know, it's a lot of the same stuff over and over again. And for years, I kind of had, you know, a jaded view of missions and missionaries. And mm-hmm. uh, they rolled up with, a, you know, 12 kids and a, and, and a rambler that, <laughs> you know, and, and were poor. And, but then I visited a mission field in 1992, and my world was rocked and changed. Uh, plus, missions have changed dramatically over the years. And the other thing, too, is in our country, Britt, missions has come to us. And that's something that's different. It used to be that going to be a missionary involved saying goodbye to your family forever, packing a steamer truck and getting a trunk and getting on a boat. Hmm. Uh, today, you know, 100 years removed, um, you know, I can I could be on a mission field tomorrow on the just about any place in, on, in the, on the map. Um, you can go for a week. You can go for the rest of your life. You can uh, you, I, I can send money to a project this afternoon if mm-hmm. I want to. Um, and also because of what's going on in the country. In fact, we just had a, a meeting last night. Uh, you, you know, the number of national expatriates from other countries coming to the United States has never been greater. And many of these people will go home eventually. They'll go home for visits, and some of them will return home. And when they do, they can take the gospel with them, depending on what how we treat them while they're here. Do we treat them as as invaders, or do we treat them as people who need to hear Jesus? So there's a lot of changes in our approaches to missions that I've learned about over the years and that I'd kind of like to share. Yeah, and you touched on a little bit there. When I think of missions, and when a lot of people think of missions, you do think the foreign mission field. I've got to go to sub-Saharan Africa, or I need right. to go to Zimbabwe and go spend a week there, you know, passing out t-shirts and telling people, I don't really have time to do that, or I don't really, that doesn't interest me. But you're saying missions, if you're not going to do it here, you're probably not going to do it somewhere else either. And we can start here at home with missions. That's so true, Britt. And I kind of want to start with that. You know, when somebody comes to me and they say, I want to go to be a missionary, I ask them, well, what ministry do you have in your local church? Mm. If you're not telling people about Jesus here, Mm -hmm. you're not going to tell people about Jesus there. Yes. Where the language is different, the economy is different, uh, the culture is, everything's different. If you can't do it here, don't expect me to believe that you're going to do it somewhere else. But but the other thing is, why aren't we doing it here? There, there, there needs to be this— Because it's the church's job, right? Well, yeah, Isn't that... yeah. Well, that's why we hire missionaries. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> you know, and, and so uh, the Great Commission was given to all of us, and the Great Commission is about missions, local, national, and international. So that's, that's where we need to start. So let's talk about a way for somebody to get involved here at home. Maybe you aren't able to go onto the mission field. You're not able to hop on a plane tomorrow. Maybe your job or your fa- something, a health crisis sure. dictates it. Let's give some people some tips on what they can do here at home in order to be involved with missions. Exactly. So how do we remember that missions begins at home? Well, the first thing we do is we look for missions agencies that are right here. For instance, uh, JARS is 
in our community. And and JARS is is a uh, missions relief organization that is based in, down in the Matthews area. And uh, they need volunteers all the time. They host missionaries who are here for, uh, you know, for medical tests, for here for their furlough, or here for training before they go back to their field. Um, and JARS handles Bible translations. They handle bi- Bible translations. But but there's, there's you know, there's... Um, um, Franklin Graham's um, Samaritan's Purse, mm-hmm. um, where you can literally be a volunteer there and be everything from a chaplain uh, to you know a place that has a tornado uh, or to uh, a civil disturbance somewhere here in this country, or you can you know you can travel with the Operation Christmas Trial boxes to another country and help those get distributed and share the gospel there. There's all these kind of opportunities. They're based in Boone and here in Charlotte, um, and you know there's just local agencies like the Neighborhood Care Center that we support here in Cornelius. They're crisis pregnancy centers. There's the Charlotte Rescue Mission that's run by my good friend Tony Marciano, who who literally is one of the most amazing gospel outreaches uh, for people who are involved in addiction and who are homeless. Um, there, you know, there's alongside families who works with parents who are incarcerated or who have to go in for medical care to care for their own children. Uh, there's just a thousand different ways in which we can get, and many of these people come from other cultures. They come from other nations. They, and they come from other socioeconomic levels. And it's good for us to reach out of our comfort zone and to reach for others. So begin by looking at home. And I like that you're naming all of those because it jumps to mind that those are ministries. They are ministries. Not, yeah. not they are, but they're they're missions. Mm-hmm. That's what they are, and I'm not sure people equate that. So it's great that you're listing all of those and telling people that is missions yeah. work to be a part of those ministries. Yeah, and you know it's really important that we that yeah that we don't get we don't let our our limited vocabulary define. We're about the gospel. Yes, that's the yeah. real thing. Yeah. And whether you call it ministry or missions, whether it's local church or parachurch, whether it is personal or corporate, it is all important if it's bringing people into a relationship with Christ. Yeah, changing your mindset on on the Great Commission. Yeah. Um, so, looking for local agencies. Once we found those, what about what about um, missionaries? Yeah. Can we bless those while we're here at home? Yeah. And 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 you know the world is getting smaller. Whoa, that's a cliche. But the the fact is, in church two weeks ago, we talked to eight or ten missionaries at the same time mm-hmm. on a Zoom call, very comfortably. Um, I, I do this regularly. Every week I'm talking to somebody in a foreign country. We're planning. I have a meeting Thursday. I had one yesterday. I had one on Monday. Um, the, the, these, these are very easy to do. What I would suggest is that you in your family look for a way that you can bless missionaries from here. It could be sending them a special gift. It could be sending, you know, for instance, I have friends who live in parts of the world where they don't have peanut butter. Mm. <laughs> that sounds really weird. Yeah, that's... You know, I love peanut butter. I love it. You know, I have a peanut butter cracker every night before I go to bed. Uh, but, but you know, if you never get it, wouldn't it be a huge encouragement if somebody shipped you a 16-ounce jar of mm. peanut butter and a note that says, thinking of you, love you, praying for you and your work, put your name on it, slap a picture of you and your family on it, and and since then, and, and somebody gets this unexpected box in the mail. And that night, they're going to have peanut butter sandwiches with their kids, and they're going to talk about how God knew that they were missing peanut butter and how there's people at home praying for them. It's just going to make a big difference. You see, that sounds so trite. It doesn't when you're when you're feeling like you're all alone. Mm. Um, but there's many, many other ways. For instance, if you're going to Europe, uh, find a missionary 
that, you know, if you're going there for vacation, take a day, take two days and say to the missionary, we're going to be there. Let us spend a day with you. We're going to take you with us. We're going to go sightsee. We're going to, and we're going to put you in a hotel and we want you and your family to have just a good time on us. Your family will bond with their family. You will give them a little bit because who doesn't like a day away? Yeah. And if you tell them in advance, they'll plan it. Or maybe you say, hey, we'll watch you if you know them well enough. We'll watch your kids, you and your your husband or your wife, go out and, and go out to dinner and stay at a hotel and we'll pay the bill uh, just so you can have some free cups. When you're on a mission field and you got kids, who do you turn your kids over to to watch so that you and your, your mm. spouse can get away? Nobody. Yeah, right. So just do something that, uh, thoughtful for them. Show up to ch- their church and just encourage them. Um, but but there are many ways that you can do that um, fr- from home. Call them, write them, send them, send them a gift, send them prayer notes, um, drop an email to them and let them know. Uh, follow them on Facebook and engage with them on social media. Uh, but there's a lot of ways to do that. But also on the flip side of that is you can bless missionaries who come home. So if they're an American missionary— or if they're a national who are coming here for, I've got a good friend from Zimbabwe who's in the States right now. Um, when, when you come to this country, um, for them, you, you know, it's not coming home. They're living out of a suitcase. It's uncomfortable. What can you do to, to bless them? Maybe you have a mountain house or a lake house or a beach house. And maybe you say, hey, the next time you come on a furlough, I'm going to take a week off of my uh, uh, Airbnb um listing and give it to you and you stay at my place for free. I'll even pay the cleaning fee. I just want you and your family to have something. Um, if you have an extra vehicle, when missionaries come and they and they come into your city, they need transportation. Renting a car right now is 100 to 125 bucks a day. So let them use your car. Invite them, invite them out to dinner. Um, ask them, is there a special need that you have while you're here? Buy them some gas cards because they're going to be traveling a lot. But there are a lot of things you can do for missionaries who come home as well. And you don't need to wait for your church to do it. Do it as a family. Do it as an individual. You'll be blessed. And what you do is by making an investment in them, you create a bond that, uh, that, that will connect you with what they're doing and will give you joy in the blessings that come from their ministry. Mm-hmm. Is there an <clears throat> excuse me? We can bring this up at the end of the episode as well. But is there a great resource for people? Because I I love all of these ideas to do as families. Is there a resource that people could go to to find these missionaries? Like how, that's my mind. Where, yeah. How do I go about finding who these people are and what countries they're in? Yeah. Well, first of all, start with your local church. Probably at your church, um, you know, they have a list of you know, missions agencies or individual missionaries. And some churches only support like if you're a Southern Baptist church, you support the North American Mission Board or you support uh, I can't remember the International Mission Board. Um, um, But in other churches, you support individual families. Um, Maybe it's somebody who used to be in your church that has gone out. Mm. But ask whoever's in charge of missions at your church if they'll connect you. Um, You know, for our church at Life Fellowship, you can go to our our missions display in the lobby, um, and you can literally give to them through a a, a QR code. Uh, Their email address address is on there. You can contact from that. It's on our website. It's on our app. or you can contact us, contact anybody that's on the missions team, and we can give you the email address of somebody and just adopt them and just say, you know what? The Lord's put it on, on my heart. One of the things we didn't do this year at missions conference that we will do next year on our missions emphasis day is that I'm going to ask each of our families to go to one of the mission agencies that's there or one of the missionaries that we support and say, I'm going I'm going to be your your representative with Life Fellowship, your, your prayer partner from Life Fellowship for the next year. I'm going to pray for you every day. I'm going to write you once a month. I'm going to, I'm going to do 
something special for you every quarter, whatever it is. But um, because I, th- I think that will make you feel connected in a way that will take your mission's heart to the next level. So let's talk about giving. Um, I know you spoke about giving maybe of your time or some of your resources like a, a Airbnb or something like that. But let's let's discuss the giving aspect of it, because going into the mission field and being a foreign missionary isn't cheap. Mm hmm. So what can what can people do in order to give to help missionaries? Again, here's my challenge to you. First of all, I believe in the tithe. I do not apologize for that. I know there are people out there who will send me emails and tell me why the tithe is an Old Testament concept. And and I think I could win that argument with you if I were interested in having it, but I'm not. <laughs> Go um, back and listen to our previous episode about, <laughs> about finding living them. peaceably. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, the reality is, if you if you will designate something extra for missions. It'll be, it'll be fun. Mm. Okay. It'll be fun. Um, you know, and I just challenge you to look for that and put a jar, you know, nobody uses cash anymore, but in the old days I'd put a jar and in, in all the change you put in there and you know, you get 50 bucks a month of change. Then you can, you can uh, go ahead and, and distribute it as a family. I think these are discipleship opportunities for your family as well to get the kids yeah. involved. Or maybe just simply say in our budget, we're going to do $50 a month and maybe we're going to support a compassion child. Maybe we're going to do something different every month. This month, 50 bucks goes to crisis pregnancy. Next month, it goes to Zimbabwe. The next month, it goes to Cuba. The next month, it goes, but just, and and then pray over that project. And as a family, make the decision, have a family vote. Um, You know, for me, I work a second job. Uh, and one of the reasons I work a second job is because I, uh, I I enjoy being able to give to special projects that I don't want to necessarily have be part of my ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I do for fun, and this sounds really stupid, it sounds really trite. I have a green thumb. I love to grow stuff. Um, I love succulents. I know it's weird. It's how I really <laughs> steam. Some people play golf. I grow succulents. <laughs> Last Saturday, I planted probably 120 succulents, wow. uh, clips and so forth. Uh, they'll they'll be rooted and so forth in 30 or 60 days, and I will start. So I'll sell them on Facebook. I'll sell some here at the church. I'll sell them on, on you know, uh, Craigslist. Um, and I'll make three or 400 bucks. That three or 400 bucks goes to a missions yeah, project. that's a lot to go to yeah, help. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and for, I don't need the 300 and 400 bucks. Uh, what I do need is to get out of my house and do something a little mindless every once in a while. It's kind of a fun spiritual thing, time for me to kind of have my head clear. Um, maybe, maybe that's your project. Maybe you just have, maybe you have a garage sale. Maybe there's, maybe you make birdhouses, but just do something for a reason other than we're going to Disney World or we're going to, um, you know, um, go out to dinner or do something for somebody else. And here's the cool thing, Britt, $25 given to the typical American does not even, you know, that's a meal for two at Chick-fil-A. Anymore, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to get that's dessert. pushing it, yeah. yeah. So, twenty five dollars um, in Zimbabwe is a week's pay. You know, mm. in Cuba, it's two weeks' pay. That's life changing. Yeah, think about what you make for a week, and it's, let, let's say somebody was going to give you that amount or double it. Um, and there are ways to get it to them. There are ways to bless people that way. Um, you could save up and um, and. Instead of going to Disney World, take your family to a mission field for a week. And I guarantee you, long after uh, you get back from that trip, your kids will be talking more about what they did on that mission trip than what they did at Disney World. I haven't been to Disney World in a decade. Last time I went, there were kids crying everywhere. (laughs) 
There were meltdowns of an epic. <laughs> Do you scale. really want to spend money on that? <laughs> so you, say, you know, we build it up in our minds to be, you know, this. You know, and truly, it's like visiting Mecca. If you don't take your kids to to Disney, you're not a good parent in a lot of people's mm-hmm. world. I, I don't believe that, but that's you know. No, there's a lot of parent shaming going on out there. In the oh world yeah, because absolutely. Of it. <laughs> and you, if you're going to Disney and spend that week, and you're going to stay on grounds, you're going to spend ten thousand dollars. For ten thousand dollars, you can go to any mission field I've ever been to for a week and leave probably five thousand of it behind mm-hmm. uh, to to bless somebody and your kids will see the world differently for the rest of their life mm. in a good way. Yeah. So, you know, just that's some ways to give. So even back to the the tithing or giving to missions, I mean, a hundred percent of it belongs to God anyway. So what's giving that's, a little, right? That's right. That's, that's the way right. I've always, we, we've got to stop thinking it. about it. And this is mine and this is God's. No, it's all God's and he lets you have some of it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or he can take, yeah, you can give some or he can take it all. That's yeah. kind of how I've always viewed it. Yeah. And by the way, when you do lose it, it doesn't hurt as bad because yeah. you didn't lose your money. You lost, you, yeah. well, you, you <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I think that illustration can break down a little bit. <laughs> I, I wish everyone could have seen that, how Dan in the middle of it, you could see his brain see break brain just, just a little bit there. So, um, so we're, again, we're running out of time uh, really quickly in this episode. I do want to focus on family here towards the end of it. Uh, you touched on it a little bit there at the end. Uh, making missions a part of not only your your uh, strategic family discipleship, but also taking your family on a missions trip at least once. So yeah. let, I want to kind of dive into that a little deeper. Yeah, I mean, I think missions ought to be a part of a strategic family discipleship plan. And I'm actually putting some work together as I get prepared to shift into a new position here at Life Fellowship with this next generation pastor. Uh, some strategic objectives for for us as we develop uh, family discipleship plans. But let me say this today. One of the battles, cultural battles, that parents are fighting today is this sense of entitlement and this idea that children need to be um, never experience want, and and they get an entitled feeling after a while. Uh, because nobody wants their kids to experience hardship. And many times where if you're a good parent, your kids will have it better than you. But if you look back on your life, the the most difficult times, most challenging times are when you learned the most important lessons. When, you know, you had to roll out of bed and deliver papers. Nobody even delivers papers anymore. But having to do that, ha- you know, having to, to sacrifice for something, having to wait until you earned enough money, these are the things that build character. Mm. So I would say to you, go to a mission field, have your kids raise the money to be able to go. Um, have have a missions project that you do as your family. Um, you, you know, go as a family and volunteer. Recently, we did this Good Friday exercise, and some families did that as, as families. And it was such a good experience where they went and put together a basket of treats and took it down to the local fire department or ambulance service and said, we just want you to know that we thank you for what you're doing for our community. We're from Life Fellowship Church, and we believe part of the gospel is, is serving others. And, and, and to do that, the kids will always remember that. They'll talk about that in their school classrooms mm. and they will share with that. So, you know, be strategic about this, whether it's adopting a specific missionary or doing a one-off project as part of, you know, a month of emphasis in your home or whether whether it is, um, you know, going on a missions trip. And I would say this, I'm, I'm not saying never go to Carowinds. I'm not saying never go to Dollywood. Um, but I'm saying is if you're going to Carowinds, if you're going to Dollywood, also add to that take a day and invest it in a missions project mm. and then take a family missions trip at least once. And by the way, a family missions trip is not tourism. 
Being a mission trip is service. Mm. So it's not going to Israel. Yeah, I'm going to Israel. I'm taking a group of 55 people <laughs> yeah. in, in December. That's yeah, not a mission to, trip. We're going somebody, to the Bahamas on yeah. a mission trip later this <laughs> so, so Somebody said, are you going to a mission trip to Israel? No, 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 no. We're going on a history trip, but we're not going on a mission trip. But, but you know, think local, think national, think international. Do something for people in our your own backyard. Do something for people somewhere on the continental United States. And then do something international. And that way you get that Acts 1-8 vision mm, of what it means yeah. in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the world. And even in that, you know, it's interesting because there's actually, you know, there's four locations, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the world. But there's actually, it's actually three because it's Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, then and the uttermost parts of the world. It's interesting because Judea and Samaria were both within Israel prop, proper, uh, what we would see as the, the national area of Israel. But there was a difference between Judea, which was the land of the kings, and Samaria, which was the land of the misfits. Hmm. Samaria were half-breeds. They were scorned by Jews hated them, Gentiles hated them. In fact, a good Orthodox Jew didn't even go through Samaria. And I think one of the things that the apostles were being told there was this, go where you're uncomfortable. Go where you don't fit. Go where it's going to stretch you. For us, you know, for me and all of us who live out here in Lake Norman, suburbia, maybe that's urban Charlotte. Maybe maybe that's Lumberton. Um, maybe maybe that's um, uh, you know a ghetto in a major city. But we ought to go someplace sometime that makes us a little uncomfortable, that stretches us a little bit, so that we can remember and pray for the Samaritans of the world, those that other people forget exist. So there's a, there's a lot of strategies, and a thoughtful believer I think can find ways that make the ones that I've suggested today just pathetic. And I hope they'll do that. That's really interesting the way you just broke that down, because that goes back to how we started this of if you're not doing it at home, you're not going to do it somewhere else. Right. And so even God was telling Jesus was telling these people, go be uncomfortable here first, mm -hmm. then you can take it out to the ends of the earth. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a beautiful picture. Well, we have run out of time. Again, make missions a part of your life. Make missions a part of your family life. Find uh, interesting, exciting ways to get your children involved because it will be a lifelong lesson that they can carry on into their families in the future to continue uh, starting local, going global, helping missionaries here at home, and then going out into the mission field with the ultimate purpose of spreading the gospel. This has been another episode of Life Talks. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. The Ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.